Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS, and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the PCOS Girls podcast. I'm Mel and I'm here with Bridge. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Today's episode, we're doing a Q&A. You. We haven't done one in a little while, so um, we love doing Q&A episodes. Hey. <laughs> well, we love them because we know it's what you guys want. Yes. <laughs> so it makes our life very easy. <laughs> yeah, we should probably just do all Q&A episodes and then we can't go wrong. We literally can't go wrong and we do have like endless pages of Q&As. So, um, you know, it would make our life a lot easier. So we do try to, when we do these, like answer the ones that have been most commonly requested Mm -hmm. or asked of us. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we definitely try to do that. So we're sorry if we don't get to everyone's question, but just keep sending them through to us because that's how we know that you're interested in it, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Our scientific method of knowing what you like. (laughs) (laughs) It's our market research. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, How's your week been? Yeah, pretty good. I I mean, it's been a bit of a hectic week because, well, not hectic, just really, um, it's just felt like one of those weeks that's gone on forever because Will has been teething really hardcore, like basically three days of just wanting to be on me, like contact, Mm. like, like having to wear her everywhere. Like she sleep, you know, sleeping on me, everything. Like it's just been really all consuming and Mm. I've just had to constantly tell myself, like this is a season, it's short-lived, she needs me, I'm her I'm her safe place because if I didn't, I was going to go insane. Yeah. Um, so it's been hard and beautiful at the same time, but we're out of it now. I think that little bugger of a tooth has finally popped up. So <laughs> thank God we had our first sleep last night where we actually got some sleep, which was really, really good. Um, but, yeah, it's just like one of those things where you're just like, wow, like this is – all I can do right now, like I, even if I wanted to do something else, even if I had to do something else, I can't, like, this is literally all I can do. And I'm Mm. really grateful that one, my parents are back from holiday. So they've been able to help with Flynn and two, like Jesse's been working from home because he's also been able to help a little bit. Cause I just had to hold Willa. He, you know, he couldn't hold Willa. She'd just cry and was like super upset. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, I just want 10 minutes, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's fine. It's all part of it. And I do think Second time round, you just know how fast it goes. So I've just been yeah. like, it's okay, Bridget. It's okay. We can get through it. <laughs> but it's so true. Like sometimes you do just need the 10 minutes. Oh, or my you, God. Sometimes it's even less, I find. like, Because do you get that feeling of being touched out? Oh, like it's just, totally. It's, totally. I feel like it's so hard to explain that feeling but it's just it's like a wave to me it's like overwhelming like I just I feel like I'm gonna scream yeah (laughs) and and then you if you can just walk away for even just a minute I'm like cool I'm reset like even like I'm like I just want to like 
go to the toilet with no one. You know, like mm-hmm. just let me go to the toilet for 10 yes. minutes. No, not even 10 minutes. Who goes to the toilet for 10 minutes unless you're doing a really big poo? But, um, <laughs> but like, you know, just like escape to a different yes. room for five minutes and reset or even get dressed, you know, put my hair up, like something that makes me feel a little bit human. But it came as quickly as it started and, you know, it just went really fast. But at the same time, at the time, I was like, oh, my gosh. And even at night, I remember looking over. So Willa slept in our bed and she just slept, like, on me, like, literally on me. And I was in the corner of the bed, like, half hanging on because, like, that's where she wanted to be. It was just, like, right on top of me. And then I look over and we're in this big king-size bed and Jesse is, like, got <laughs> – three quarters of the bed to himself and I'm just like oh my goodness like this is just so if I could sum up what my life is right now like that is it like I have <laughs> that's the picture absolutely nothing with a baby on top of me and he's just like the king like just laying there but it was you know it was fine it was also Jesse's birthday and father's day this weekend so I had oh, to like true. let him have his days <laughs> Uh, and I, you want to give that to them, you know, I but know, also, I, know. I mean, when you're in the midst of something, it's like, I need the help. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I was, was quite yeah. sick for Father's Day. So I oh. was like, oh, I got to pull this out of me. But also like, I can't. <laughs> I know. Did you do anything or? Um, well, his mom and stepdad came. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't have to do too much, That's but good. we did make him breakfast. Nice. So that was nice. nice. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's something we actually were away for the, I forgot what we did this weekend, but we actually had gone away for a little, um, I had like a friend's birthday in the city. So we we're like, why don't we make it like an actual getaway? Because I can't leave Willie yet for long periods of time. So the whole bloody family had to come to the city for me to go to this dinner. Right. So we like had a hotel that was nearby. Jesse stayed with her, but my Flynn went to my sister's house, which was great. Spent the night with them. Oh, nice. Which was so nice because it's like his first time away as well. So he loved it. Didn't even yeah. flinch. But like we forgot that it was actually Father's Day as well. So Flynn wasn't even there for Father's Day. <laughs> I feel like that's such a funny thing. Like for Mother's Day, the last number of years, I'm like, what do I want to do? I'm like, I kind of just want to be by myself. I know. (laughs) But then, no, it's Mother's Day. I'm like celebrating being with the kids. So, you know, I always do that. But you, I feel like you do, you kind of crave that a bit. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, how was your week besides being Uh, seriously ill? uh, Just, yeah, a million things going on. But I thought I might give a little update on my, um, health really. So I know some episode back there, I talked about how I got some test results Mm. and how I was going to talk to my functional medicine practitioner about those results. And so I did that and I just learned something quite interesting that I hadn't ever thought about that seems to be at play for me. So the results kind of showed that I had low estrogen, which I've had in the past. I had that before having Elma. That was something I worked on to help regulate my cycle. And Mm. it seems to be at play again. But what I didn't or I don't remember learning about back then, but that I learned this time from my practitioner was that low estrogen is really can be at play when you're breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And also low estrogen, sorry, is really important for connective tissue. So if you've got low estrogen, you can see issues with your scalp, with hair loss, with joint pain, with your skin, because it's all about that connective tissue. And that is like me to a T, like that is so many of my- so much sense. It does. And I had to think about it and I was like, so 
low estrogen can come about from pregnancy and breastfeeding. And I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for seven years. For a hundred years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it might as well be seven mm, years. It's a long what? time. That is insane. Like, like how depleted must <laughs> yes. your body be? Like just even exactly. if you were having all the nourishment in the world, like it physically gets sucked out of you. Yes. It's and wild. for so long. Oh, man. So long. So, yeah, so – for the like I really I didn't get this strong urge to wean but I was also like I am open to weaning starting the weaning process sure sure, and I mean I breastfed coach till he was three and a half nearly and Elma is just over one and a half so this is very different for me like I breastfed him for so much longer and I'm still breastfeeding her and I'm still happy to but I also have been wanting to work on getting her sleep changed I think we Mm. talked about this you know get her out of the bed and so Mm. I've um yeah I've stopped breastfeeding her to sleep and so that's been my first step I guess of weaning so yeah I guess I guess this time around like and I've said this kind of the whole time where I've been breastfeeding Elma where I just feel have felt like if it was at the detriment to my health, I would stop breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I was breastfeeding Coach, it did get to a point where my practitioner was like, oh, like there's actually quite a lot of medicines I'd love to prescribe you, but I can't because you're breastfeeding. Mm. Like, is that what you want to be doing? Like, do you want to wean? Mm. And I was like, no, like I can't. Like I, I yeah. really want to keep breastfeeding and I, I wasn't willing to sort of give up that for my own health yeah whereas this time I feel a bit differently about that yeah I can Um, totally relate because I feel exactly the same way do you I just felt like I put a lot of pressure on myself with Flynn's breastfeeding journey and yeah and I look back and I'm so glad we did and I'm so glad we did it for as long as we did but there's just no way if I had have had Flynn if it had been vice versa like I had have had Willa the first time and Flynn this time and Willa's feeds are so quick they're like two minutes it's so easy I could literally feed forever (laughs) but Flynn's were so hard like we had latching issues we had milk supply issues we had you know his feeds would go for an hour and a half to two hours like I just couldn't leave the house it was so hard there's just no way I could have done that the second time around and I wouldn't have you know I just wouldn't have because I would have prioritized myself and and also like the other people in my family and everything else so I totally can relate to what you're feeling yeah and I think it's sort of liberating. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. feels good. It feels like a healthy mindset. It does. Um, yeah. Actually, not not to discredit what I did the first no time, what, what you did the first time or yep. anything like that. Like that's where I was at then and that's how I felt. But I'm happy to feel this way now. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm excited about that. And I, it might take me a year. Like I don't know. I'm not planning on it, the weaning weaning being a fast process, but mm. um, I'm just happy to be in the mindset of beginning it. Yeah, yes, and feeling like no guilt about it, and yeah. feeling Good. really comfortable about it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> As a big thank you for listening to our little podcast and for being a part of our very special PCOS girls community, we've created a discount code that you guys can use for any of our products. Head to PCOS2Wellness.com for Bridget's products or PCOSPathways.com for my products and enter in the code PCOSGIRLS15 for 15% off. That's PCOSGIRLS15. Love you guys. All right.
right, let's get started. Actually, question one is kind of relevant. We've had someone ask for some postpartum tips for um, people with PCOS. People with PCOS. Oh, okay. I mean, like, First of all, I would just say it's not really different to without PCOS. Would you say the same? <laughs> I would because I see the postpartum period as this bubble. Yeah. This sort of bubble that you're in for me personally where I don't have to worry about my PCOS. Like mm. it sort of isn't on my mind so much. Yeah. And to me, I don't didn't start thinking about my PCOS again till my period came back. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, even yeah. then I'm not I'm I'm really just observing. Yeah, and I think as well, like the only difference I would say is perhaps we are more focused on rebalancing our hormones and that's not because we should be more focused. It's just because it's probably more top of mind for someone who has PCOS because we've gone already to balance our hormones. They were probably thinking like, okay, how do I, how do I get back to rebalancing my hormones now? But I don't think it's any more important for someone with or without PCOS. Yeah, I agree with that totally. And I think for me, I mean, obviously I've had a real journey. This mm. <laughs> My postpartum period wasn't an easy one. Mm. But what I've learned from that is I think somewhere, if you're wanting to focus somewhere, I think focusing on your adrenal health, your yes. mental health, your stress, I yes. think is a nice place to look I because agree. it's so important, yeah, as a mum to be prioritising that and be yeah. trying to support that as much as possible, whether you have PCOS or not. But we know that that, you know, your adrenal health, your stress and everything is at play in PCOS. So that's a nice sort of way to address both at the same time, I think. Definitely. And I think something I did differently with this postpartum period that I didn't really do so much with Flynn's postpartum period is I've just really, really embraced the resting and I've enjoyed it. Like I've really Mm. just allowed myself to be like, well, I'm postpartum, I'm going to do nothing. (laughs) Whereas with Flynn, I really felt this urge and, you know, neither is right or wrong because that is what I felt at the time that I wanted to do and it made me feel good about myself. Mm. But like I wanted to go for a walk, I wanted to get out, I wanted to, you know, get to the coffee shop and like show people and be around people. Whereas with Willa, I was like, I didn't leave the house for a week and even then when I did it was purely to like you know just go for a little drive somewhere or to get Flynn out it wasn't because I was like I must get out of the house and I really spent a lot of time in bed I embraced people helping me Um, Mm. I found that really hard with Flynn I didn't want help I wanted to prove that I could do it on my own I also put so much more structures in place to not have to work so like I had a lot Mm. more people helping me that were ready to go so that I just like could check in rather than like physically have to work and I think that was really really helpful to me and also focusing on warmth and nourishment and eating and just like just really just nourishment in every form like whether it was rest, whether it was food, whether it was feeling good about myself or, you know, recovery, having baths, like whatever I could, I did it. And I really soaked it all up. <laughs> no I'm just, shame. I'm just sitting here silently nodding because I just completely feel the same way. I think for me, I didn't know that from the start though, after Elma, like I feel like you went in really very wise with a lot of wisdom. (laughs) I sort of went in after Alma trying to do what I did before with Koji because I was the same, like you said, with Flynn. I was sort of really go, go, go and also just hustle, hustle, hustle. Mm. And I went in after Alma thinking, yeah, like I can do the same Mm. and I couldn't. Yes. And so that's when I was like, 
oh, okay, I have to actually slow down and take the space and mm. just enjoy being at home. And I, I remember the day I decided to do that. It was like I dropped Koji at preschool and it was like, I'm going to go home, I'm going to race home and I'm going to work, you know. Elmer yeah. was a tiny baby. Yeah. Um, and I knew that this was not good for me and I just had a, an Ayurvedic appointment the day before actually where the practitioner was like, I really think how busy you are is what's really at play for you mm. in your mental health right now. I think you need to put some attention to that. And so I raced home and then I was like, oh, wait, okay, maybe I won't do any work today. Maybe yeah. I'll just be at home. Yeah. And I did and I just like <sighs> – I washed the dishes. I hung out the washing. Mm. I just was with Elma and I enjoyed my life so much. That's so good. It was just wild that this simple day of just accepting and resting and being home and was and accepting it and yeah. being okay about it just yeah. it made me happier. Yeah. And it really was the beginning of turning things around. That's so um, good. Yeah. I would also say like I've noticed that I feel like when you don't have kids, like if you've got a little bit of space of time, you can sort of use that however you want to use it. But I feel like when now that I've got kids, if I have a space of time, I really want to like optimize my self-care. Mm. I'm like, I've got this space of time. Yeah, I want to be in the sun. Like I want to really harness this time I have yeah. for rest and mm -hmm. like have it be powerful rest. Like yes. I don't know, I, like not to put pressure on myself at all, but just like if I've got the time, like if I had a bath, I would have a bath, yeah. you know, or get out in the sun or yeah. just – Really totally. optimize it. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I think that's <laughs> definitely something I do now is I'm like, okay, like I'm just going to lay out in the sun and do nothing for 10 minutes. And even if it's 10 minutes, like that is such a recharge of my batteries. And yes. um, yeah, and I think, you know, in the postpartum phase as well, really remember that it goes, it, it is, it feels like a lot at the time, but it's so short lived. And the newborn phase is so short lived as well. And that is a time generally not for everyone, but when you're, you know, the babies are very sleepy and they're just wanting to be on you and next to you, but you don't have to do too much for them other than just be their, be their person, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I do think that that gives you more flexibility than you sometimes think. And that was something I definitely took with from my first postpartum period to my second being like, okay, that is a period where I don't have to do all the things because they don't need me to do all the things. They purely need me to feed and you know, hold them and make mm. sure they're safe. And so, like, if you want to just lay with them, please do it and enjoy it and soak it all up. If you want to go and get some nourishing food and just, like, really nourish your body, I think stick to warming foods is really important as well because I don't think we talk enough about that, like really making sure your body is warm so that it can heal and recover. But that's just just look after yourself and that's all you need to do. That's yep. literally all you need to do in the postpartum period. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you're wanting someone to support you with that, I think turning to Ayurveda or Chinese medicine. Yeah, It's for such sure. a nice time for those. I mean, it's always a good time for those practices, but I just feel like who does it better? I don't know anyone that does no. it better. Like they're, they're just so nurturing and nourishing for yeah. that period of life. And, 
And that period is about re-nourishing yourself and making sure that you are replenishing a lot of the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that you have lost during birth and then, you know, breastfeeding. So really focusing obviously the food, but if you need to also be supplementing, that's definitely something to consider as well, um, just to bring your levels back to where they need to be so that you can feel really good about yourself as well. So you're not too exhausted that, you know, your body's got enough of the nutrients it needs to keep breastfeeding if you're breastfeeding or just to to start healing to to get the energy back they were really important i also did encapsulate my placenta which obviously controversial but in that in itself is you are retaining and replenishing yourself with a lot of the nutrients that were in your placenta that were specifically designed for you and your baby so that could be something else to look at as well controversial i know but like maybe look into it see if it's for you I think it's fantastic and I actually have so much regret for not doing it. Mm. And I, I don't know why I didn't do it with Elmo. I, I honestly just think I forgot about it. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to that. I don't know. I just didn't think about it, but I 100% would have done it if I'd thought about it. Yeah, and you do have to be prepared for it because you have to tee it all up way in yeah, advance because exactly. someone has to come to your your house or the hospital p- to pick up your placenta and then obviously process it and then bring it back to you. And it is a process um, yep. and it is it is expensive as well. Like I won't sugarcoat it. It's a couple mm. hundred dollars easily, mm. but it was worth it for me. I did it for both and Willa and I swear by it although I don't know any different but I do swear by it (laughs) (laughs) well it just makes sense so yeah yeah uh, you know okay next question okay let's move on yeah all right question two this one is really for you Bridge Mm -hmm. what is PCOS like with a fast metabolism I have PCOS Mm. but I don't have all the symptoms oh I mean that's an interesting question Mm -hmm. so I guess she's referring to weight like that's I I get the feeling yeah that would be the case yeah Look, I'll be honest with you, like, obviously my natural build is lean and that is how I've always been. But when my PCOS symptoms were flaring and I had no control over them and I didn't even know I had PCOS at that point, so I was doing absolutely nothing to manage it, I did put on weight. And even though I still would have been technically lean to look at, I physically, my body changed quite a lot. Like, Mm. I definitely put on a lot more weight around my abdomen area, my face was a lot more puffy. I, I clothes didn't fit me the same. Like I felt really different in myself. So Mm. I might not have looked completely different to other people and people would have still probably said I was in that leaner category, but I definitely didn't feel it. And I, I didn't look it to myself. You know, I knew that something was going on. I was Mm. retaining weight. I couldn't drop the weight. Um, and so, like, I'll say that from the get-go is, like, even though I am a leaner body type, I still noticed that I, the weight, there was stuff going on there. I knew something wasn't right because of the way I was retaining weight. And it was specifically as well in my face. Like, my face was so puffy and round. Um, so there's that element to it in that, like, it did affect me to some degree. I guess the other part of it is, like, just, you know, I might not have been really stacked on the weight or I might not have looked like what a typical PCOS person looks like, as my doctor said to me many times. <laughs> and that's why they didn't diagnose me for so long is because I didn't mm. tick that box of being mm. overweight, you know. I'm doing that in hyphenated, you know, the quotation marks or whatever yeah. <laughs> because I just think it's so different for everybody. But 
I definitely had a lot of other symptoms. Like for me, it was the acne and the hair loss. That were the biggest triggers for me. And they were obviously the most physically obvious from what Mm. I was seeing. So that was big for me. And then um, I had no menstrual cycle. So I don't really know what you're you're referring to in this question, but it Mm. affected me a lot. Um, Emotionally, I really, really struggled with all the symptoms. And just because I wasn't stacking on weight didn't mean that the other symptoms weren't affecting me to the same degree as I know some people with the weight would. So I think it's easy to look at someone else's situation and go, oh, but they didn't have this. But, you know, Mm. I would look at someone else, for example, like, you know, I know some people who have had PCOS and didn't suffer from acne and I would look at them and be like, oh, it must be so easy for them because they don't have this blaringly (laughs) obvious cystic acne all over their face, you know? And they're looking at me being like, oh, it must be so much easier for her because she doesn't put on weight. And it's just not the case as we know now. Like you just can't judge someone else's story until you really have walked in their shoes. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's about the drivers as well. Like Mm. I suppose if someone's got more obvious insulin resistance, maybe that's that's going to lead to more obvious um, struggle with weight. But there's also, there's other things driving, you know, there's inflammation, there's gut health, there's coming off the pill, there's there's stress. And also I just, this isn't really relevant, but I do want to note that if you've got high levels of stress and cortisol happening, that can also lead to weight around the middle. So there's different causes of even that. But yeah, so I'm assuming this person has this situation they've they've got a fast metabolism they don't have all the symptoms but maybe you are thinking that insulin resistance is the only thing that could be driving but that's not the case mm. so you'd probably want to look at your inflam- inflammation yep, stress, stress and gut health yeah gut health definitely and also like have you just come off the pill like could it be post pill related or is this something that's been going on going for a really long time like i just there's just so many things at play here but don't judge I think, you know, you and I, Mal, are such good examples of like your PCOS journey can be so different. Yes. And that's exactly. what we love about doing this is that we both bring completely different perspectives, um, mm. even though we sit under the same umbrella of having PCOS. Yeah. All right. Next question. Gosh, I haven't given any thought to this answer. Um, top five non-sponsored supplements slash products that have Ooh. helped with PCOS. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, though. It's a great question, but I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm. I, the first one that comes to my mind, although I don't know if I can really say like it's helped with PCOS, but I feel like it's important to my health and therefore my PCOS. And we talked about it recently on, a, on an episode is bone broth. Oh yeah. Yeah, so um we I use the Nutra Organics one. Um I just think adding bone broth is a, uh, you can make it by the way. You don't have to buy it. In fact, you should make it. It's like mm. cheaper. It's quite easy. I just I just don't because I had one bad experience. <laughs> I've talked about on here before <laughs> where I burnt it. <laughs> How do you burn it? You can. And it was horrible. <laughs> But most people wouldn't do that, so mm. go for that. But, you know, gut health, I believe, and yeah. many people believe yeah. and know, is very central to yeah. PCOS and any chronic health Anything. condition. <laughs> Anything you can do to be helping and supporting your gut, I really believe in. And so bone broth is one way that I do that. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one. I think, like, I also, in the gut health realm, I would say, obviously, if you can get it from food, fantastic, but sometimes we do need to supplement just to get us back to a point where then it can be managed with food. But, Mm. you know, consider a probiotic, a really, really good probiotic, which has different strains in it that will help 
with specifically of what you're looking for. So I think people get confused and just take a probiotic, but they there are different probiotics that have different strains in it to help different things. So, mm-hmm. you know, really delve into that and then um, mix it up as well. So don't stay on the same probiotic for too long because then you're missing out on a variety of different strains. So just that's something to think about and highly recommend. I, to this day, will still take a probiotic and I just change them based on what it is that I, I want and, like, mm-hmm. yeah, not sponsored at all. Like I will just whatever is appealing to me or whatever I'm focusing on. For example, the last couple of weeks we've been taking one that's more immune-oriented, um, whereas mm-hmm. prior to that I was taking one that was for breastfeeding, you know, so I just change it based on what I'm focusing on at that time. Another yeah. one for me that I'm really focusing on at the moment um, is omega-3s. Oh, yeah. So getting like your really good fatty acids and uh, a lot of us have like a bad, you know, we don't, a lot of our food these days has a lot of inflammatory fatty acids in it. Like there's the ratio of omega-3, 6s and 9s isn't quite right and you really want to make sure you're having the correct ratio of your omegas to make sure you're getting specifically the omega-3s, which are really, really, really helpful, particularly for hormone health, inflammation, gut health, all the things. So that's something that I'm taking at the moment too. Mm, that's a great one i think with the probiotic too considering a prebiotic at the same time whether through food or um supplement i've been taking a probiotic um this isn't sponsored uh it's the by it's by a brand called seed and it's like a probiotic on the inside Mm. the capsule and then it's got a capsule on the outside that holds the prebiotic so that's really cool yeah and the outside one is like quite protective because it's really important that you try to find a probiotic that can get all the way down through your gut um, and actually survive Mm. and so this brand I love because they I've actually tried to <laughs> become an affiliate for them and they've got these really high standards and I don't need it. <laughs> That's so funny. But they've got research showing that their stuff gets all the way down and it's in part because of this protective outer capsule that then gets there and it, the prebiotic feeds the probiotic yeah. that is there. So I think a lot of people go. get confused by like what a prebiotic is. Oh, yeah. um, and yeah. a prebiotic is essentially like in very layman's terms, it is the food that the mm. good bacteria eat. So that's yeah. it keeps them alive and running and it really creates a supportive it supports a really healthy microbiome. So mm. that's sort of like the simplest way to explain what a prebiotic does. Yeah, both super important. Yeah, exactly. Another one I would say because it's not meant to be sponsored or promoted in any way, so I'll just I'll just put aside Bridget's teas for a moment, (laughs) (laughs) but totally get the teas. Um, But another tea I really like is dandelion tea. Mm. I really like that for its detoxifying powers. I like to support, I I guess I go through periods of it, but certainly when I'm in a phase where I'm really trying to heal. Yeah. And I guess. It's a really good coffee alternative as well. Well, that's true. I feel like if you've been through a phase where, you know, sometimes you, for lack of a better word, like fall off the wagon, mm. you know, like if you not fall off the wagon, but if you just haven't been too centered on your health for yeah. a while and maybe your nutrition hasn't been as prioritized as normal and you just, you know, maybe you're feeling like you want to come back to 
a bit more clean eating. I just think that's a really nice time to help your liver, to help detoxify. And if you're coming off the pill, another really good time Mm. to detoxify. So I like dandelion tea Mm. um, for that purpose. It's got a very Um, distinct flavour. It does, it does. (laughs) But, yeah, it's incredibly detoxifying. Do you know, I yeah, I think that's one of those ones that a lot of people turn to when they're trying to come off coffee because it does have that really – it's almost like that roasted feeling about it. Like it's quite – thick and yeah yeah, like I think it's it is a good one if you want like almost something that's not so herbal tea like like it's it's almost like that in between which is which is nice as well and it's incredibly detoxifying as you mentioned so very good if you are I guess trying to cleanse or yeah really get back I think what you described and it's like get back on the bandwagon yeah and I honestly I I've actually just run out but of it, but I often just put it with your tea. Ah, <laughs> um, that's I'll cool. have it together in a cup at night. <laughs> nice. Cool. <laughs> okay. I don't know how many we've said, but that's shall we move on? Probably enough, yeah. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by My Guide to Getting Pregnant Naturally with PCOS. Hey guys, it's Mel here. This e-guide covers honestly everything I've done on my journey to becoming a mum. It all began because I looked back at my journey and the fact that I've not only conceived three times naturally with PCOS, but that I've conceived really quickly each time. And I realized that out of all the things I had learned and all the things I had done, only one of those things had been taught to me inside a doctor's office. The truth is that everything I did to conceive, I had learnt from a natural health practitioner or from reading books about PCOS or books about fertility or from the hundreds of studies that I've read over the years. And it just really hit me how unfair it was that so many of the women in our community would be going to their doctor for help to conceive and wouldn't be hearing about any of it. So I decided to write it all down because we all deserve to know how to get our body into a state where it can get pregnant. My guide really breaks it down. It focuses in on 10 massively important things that every woman trying to conceive with PCOS should know. And it details every practical thing I have done to address those things. And woven throughout it all is my own personal journey from being diagnosed with PCOS to having a miscarriage to becoming a mum to my two beautiful children, Koji and Elma. By the time you finish reading this guide, you will know how to find out what hormonal imbalance is affecting your ovulation and how to treat it so your cycle can become regular again. You will know about the three pillars of fertility and how you can address each one of them. You will know tons of self-care practices that can actually improve your fertility and you will know about what tests to request, key supplements, fertility boosting foods and so much more. You can find the guide on my website at PCOSPathways.com and don't forget to use our discount code PCOSGIRLS15 for 15% off. All right, how to increase gut health with PCOS. Actually, do you know what? I We have an entire episode on that. Yeah. It's not called that though. It's an episode about inflammation, 
I have it here. It's episode 42 hmm. and it, it says it's all about inflammation and it is, but a big part about healing inflammation is gut health, is gut health and we go into that really deep in that episode. So yeah. definitely check that out. And actually you interviewed someone really early, I reckon season one, um yeah Cecilia. from um fertile gut yeah yeah so yeah. i think you guys talk about gut health there as well we, well it's all we talk about so yes okay <laughs> that's no, a really good two one. episodes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay how did we regulate our cycle no matter what i do i can't regulate mine such a loaded question <laughs> yeah it's a big one isn't it <laughs> i think it's like i mean where do you even start because regulating your cycle if you've got to a point where your cycle is now regular and it wasn't it means you've done all the work to balance your hormones and that's mm-hmm. essentially you know what it comes down to so i'm not just going to sit here and be like oh i ate really clean because that's that's not at all what it is it's it's a real holistic it's a big approach picture. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i mean we've i think it would be like look at all the episodes we've done and that's that's, <laughs> that's how you how we got there. yeah and it certainly isn't something that will happen overnight if if you're struggling with irregular cycles mm. there's a lot that goes into it we know that you know generally with hormones you're going to be looking at a minimum of three months to be getting back to any sort of normality because it does take a long 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 time for your hormones to rebalance and speak especially when we're talking like cycle oriented as well mm-hmm. i think I think, I mean, if you're looking sort of for a first step and I don't know if you've taken it, you definitely want to understand your hormones. Yeah. You want to know which ones are out of balance. What's going on? What's going on there? And then I really believe, I mean, we've talked about it here um, before that trying to approach things from two angles at the same time. So, I mean, hormonal imbalance isn't a root cause. It's a symptom. So, I think trying to treat that hormonal imbalance at the same time as figuring out your root cause and treating that, I think that's where you're going to have the best result because if you can get those hormones balanced, I mean, in a way that's like a Band-Aid. It's Mm. great though because it can Mm. really help you regulate your cycle, but you also want to be looking at what is driving those hormones to be out of balance in the in to begin with so that if you can treat that then you're going to be helping yourself in the long term yeah and you got to be thinking long term like it's not like oh let's fix one cycle that's not at all what it should be it should be like i want to get my hormones balanced so that i can have a regular menstrual cycle exactly i think if you're only taking medicine to balance your hormones you'll be taking them forever Mm. if you stop taking them those hormones will go back out of balance i think it's about that root cause at the same time but i also understand you sometimes just want to have that symptomatic relief that comes from balanced hormones so i think it's good to approach at the same time both angles and then if you're finding like your hormones seem fine and you don't and you're still having a regular cycle, but your hormones, when you get them tested, look normal, I would definitely be looking at your stress Mm. as a massive thing. There are some other things that can throw things out. Um, Definitely have your prolactin tested. That is a hormone, but lots of people forget to test it. What else? (laughs) If you're a bit older, like not old, I'm not saying this is old, but even just like late 30s, early 40s, like – you could be experiencing perimenopause, heading, you know, into menopause at some point, and that's fine. Just means that you want to look at how you can support a perimenopause phase, and there's lots of things that you can do to support 
your cycle through there as well so yeah definitely and I think uh when I, a majority of people listening to this will likely have PCOS <laughs> hence the name yeah but I, so in that regard a lot of women who will be listening to this will be struggling with high testosterone and I think that there are definitely people who don't fit in that category Mel you were one of them but I do think mm-hmm. that a lot of us really really need to look at our androgens uh, so mm. not just testosterone, but androgens profile in general. So make sure you ask for when you're getting them tested, your androgens. So they can test, you know, your free testosterone, all the different things. And then that will really give you a good indication from the get-go if like, if it is, you know, really that's what we need to be working on is lowering our testosterone too. Because I honestly think that majority of people listening to this will be struggling with high testosterone. It's just, it's, it's one of the factors of PCOS. So look into that too. Definitely. And I have one androgen that is high and I didn't always understand this, but it's DHEA. And Mm. that androgen, when that is high, that is being driven by stress and adrenal adrenal issues. Absolutely. Um, A very common one. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And so I think, like you say, make sure you get all of your androgens tested because there's clues in there. Absolutely. As well. And you're right. Like if you had have just gone and had testosterone checked, Mel, that wouldn't have shown yeah, up. So that's right. Um, it it's a really, really important that you ask for a full panel of hormones when you go yeah. to get your hormones tested. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Hope that helps. Okay. How can I reduce my estrogen dominance? Another mm. good question. It's a good question. For me, like the get-go where you would start is you want to be looking at detoxification because that is going to be the solution to this problem. Now, how you go about that, there's many different ways, but essentially we want to be getting rid of removing that excess estrogen that's floating around your system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So there's all sorts of different detoxifying things that you could take. I would definitely do this with a practitioner. Mm. They're just going to have so much great advice for you about what could really help for that in terms of supplements or teas and things like that. But another thing that I really like for detoxifying is um, it's really random, but it's rebounding or jumping on a mini trampoline. Have you heard about this? Have we talked um, about this? We, you've brought it up <laughs> before. Okay. <laughs> but I'll be quick about it, but it's um, just, just jumping on a mini trampoline for two minutes completely flushes your lymphatic system, which is where we've got lots of waste products and excess hormones. So this flushing your lymphatic system can help to flush excess hormones from our body Mm. um, and other uh, waste products as well. Um, So just two minutes can completely flush it and it also does this amazing thing where it increases our white blood cells, our immune blood cells by three like it triples them mm. for about an hour so it's also really great if you're unwell to um try to do that that's cool so that's one of the ways i really like to support my body and its detoxifying pathways that's sure. awesome i think mm. um another one that's often overlooked but so important is fiber just getting enough mm. fiber you want to be at least 30 grams of fiber a day it's so important for detoxification particularly estrogen and that's just going to come out essentially as poo, (laughs) Um, which is incredible because that's what we want. We want it out of the body. So, you know, really looking at things that are high fiber, like lentils, pears, apples, all of those things, kidney beans, like just all of those things are going to be fantastic for helping get it out of the body. The other thing, which um, again, really simple, but really important is your cruciferous vegetables, which is like your broccolis, your cauliflower, kale, all that kind of thing, because they actually have a 
like a compound in them which helps support metabolism uh, and getting rid of your excess estrogen via your liver, which is really, really important. So you might have heard of the DIM um, mm-hmm. or DIM, which is where, what is in those cruciferous vegetables. So you can actually take it as a supplement or you can try and get it through your your vegetables, which is fantastic and pretty easy. Mm, fantastic. I didn't know that. Like oh. I didn't know. I knew you could get the supplement, but I didn't know that that was what was in. Oh, yeah, that's where yeah. they just basically crush up, like, you know, dehydrate a bunch of kale and there you go. <laughs> that's Sweet. what you're getting. Yeah, which is pretty cool. The yeah. other thing, which again is is controversial, but really helpful, I think, when you actually fully understand it is um, eating like phytoestrogens, which I think a lot of people shy away from because that's like your mm. soy. But actually, the when you have the phytoestrogens that are found in soy and leg- legumes, they're a weaker form of estrogen, which actually helps to like uh, break down or lighten your estrogen load. So Mm. it tricks your body into thinking that estrogen's there and and, and it sort of rebalances out. So it's actually quite good to have, but obviously you want to be consuming non-genetically modified soy because it is very, very high, highly GMO and also often has a lot of um, pesticides on it. So organic, no GMO is what you're wanting to be looking for. Mm, Good tip. Mm. Okay. Sisterhood has brought my cycle back. Oh, I thought you were like talking to me then. I'm like, what oh, are you sorry, talking no. about? <laughs> Question seven. Uh, sisterhood has brought my cycle back, but I want to keep supporting my body trying to conceive, but don't know what else to do to support it. Mm. Well, yay. First of <laughs> yay. all, I'm glad it's helping you. <laughs> beautiful sisterhood herbies. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, obviously, again, like herbs are one piece of the puzzle. So we don't know what else you're doing. Um, we can only assume that you are also, if you're already on your herbs, which is fantastic, but like, I, you know, we really want to be looking at all the other stuff, which is probably the same question as before in terms of regulating the menstrual cycle. Like we really mm. want to be having a all round sort of look at this. So where it comes to diet, lifestyle, you know, have you removed endocrine endocrine disrupting chemicals from your life? Are you sticking to food products that aren't processed or that are organic? Like there's just so many things in there. Where would you start, Mel? I would start by, I guess, I think we've both talk about this, about how there's these sort of three big things with trying to conceive, you know, there's the ovulation, Mm. there's your egg quality or egg health, and then there's the actual sort of quality of your reproductive area, you know, reproductive organs. So I would be looking at all those three areas and seeing um, how you could support each of those. So you've brought your cycle back. So that's awesome. Like ovulating tick. Mm. Um, but then I would be thinking about your egg health and ways that you could support that. So, um, things like eating lots of essential fatty acids or, you know, not lots and lots, but, you know, (laughs) eating a good amount, you know, considering it, including that in your diet. Making sure that it's part of your diet, I think is the important. Exactly. Um, there's also some great supplements out there. If you wanted to talk to a practitioner about that one, um, that's really sort of top of the list is coenzyme Q10. Yep. It's really good for the mitochondria of the cell, um, and the egg cells. So, um, and protecting that. So it's again, I mean, egg health, we talk about this quite a bit, you know, it takes 90 days to to make that egg. So you've got 90 days to kind of really support it. So you can start these things now and you're just going to 
help your eggs get healthier and healthier. Yeah. And then also, you know, helping your actual uterus, your ovaries, your fallopian tubes be as healthy as they can be, which a lot of that is about getting blood circulating Mm. to that area. So, you know, you've got Bridges raspberry leaf tea comes to mind as being really great for that. Mm. Definitely. Heat, you know, you know, I'm all about the heat pack. Yeah. Um, fertility massage, self-fertility massage. Yoga. Just, yeah, yoga. Um, legs up the wall pose. Mm. So, so good for this, for getting blood circulating to the area. So that's that's where I'd be looking. Absolutely. I think, yeah, what – so you obviously you've you've worked on the hormones. Your cycle's regular, so fantastic. So now, really, your focus should be on the environment of of you know creating and housing a baby. So that's I think mm-hmm. what Mel has said is is so right. Like that should be your focus from now. Obviously, continue doing everything else that you're doing, but if you can add a little bit of extra focus on creating that beautiful environment to potentially grow a baby, like that's mm-hmm. amazing and incredible. And yeah, it's only going to be helpful. So start now, start doing whatever you want to do. Even if you don't want to fall pregnant for the next year or two years, like everything mm-hmm. you do now is only going to make it better and better. Yeah, exactly. All right. Do PCOS symptoms return after pregnancy? Mm. I would say yes. I mean, not necessarily right away. Like I said before, like in a bit of a bubble there, I think, when you don't have your period. But um, I I think that's a misconception that's been floating around forever that pregnancy can cure PCOS. I mean, maybe some people, we're all different, Mm. but- not me. <laughs> I totally agree. Well, I think it's also we have to remember PCOS is generally a forever thing until essentially we go into menopause. And just because you're managing it and you're not seeing the symptoms doesn't mean that that's it's not there behind the scenes. It just means that you're doing a fantastic job of managing it. And I know for a fact as soon as I, you know, slip off the bandwagon a bit, and I have to say it certainly doesn't go back to at all the extreme of what it was when I had yeah. no idea or when I really was just not looking after my hormones at all. But, you know, my body tells me, gives me single signals straight away. You know, I get the acne flare-ups. I feel the inflammation in my body. You know, you might mm. start to get more PMS signs or whatever. Like little things will start to come up and it just your body's way of being saying, hey, you know, like what can we do? Like let's get back on track or, I'm, uh, you know, I need to supplement again. Maybe I'm a bit deficient in something. And I think particularly after you've had a baby, you've grown a baby and then if you've breastfeed as well, like your body is going to be depleted in some nutrients. It's sort of mm. fact really. So there's a very high chance that your symptoms might return and it's just a matter of looking at what can I do to replenish the things I need to do also that is going going to be a period and I've just had this I've just had my first period after being postpartum but my body you know I didn't realize that that's what was happening but I broke out my skin broke out about two weeks before which is just so funny because at the time I was like oh my god what is happening but you know it was my body trying to you know have its first cycle again and so the hormones are going to be going a little bit crazy and we just have to be doing everything we can be doing to support our body as we would have done prior to having a baby or prior to being pregnant. Mm. And I think just giving yourself a bit of grace about it as well. Like, 100%. You know, I got my first period back, I don't know, it was probably six months ago now. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, every single period I get is a bit of a storm. Like I, I, my hormones are adjusting. And because, you know, I've spent the last sort of two years without a period and now it's back and it, it's not – for me it has – 
you can tell that my body's like, whoa, I haven't seen this in a while. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm adjusting and I'm not mad at myself about it. I'm not mad at my body about it. It's just, it's a transition. Yeah. And that's okay. And I would say you could consider that your symptoms might change. I agree with that too. It might not look the same as what it was. Yeah. Before I feel that way at the moment, like I'm actually having this last cycle I've had was like literally 28 days. So that was awesome. Mm. But prior I was actually having short cycles, which I've never had. So, you know, that's a bit different. And in the last year I've had hair fall, whereas, Mm. and I've had that multiple times in the last year, like it's sort of cycled through my body. And whereas prior to getting pregnant, I'd only ever had that happen one time. Mm. So that's a bit different for me as well. So it could look a bit different. I would maybe yeah. be open to that but yeah um, I think you're right though I think the myth of it like you know falling pregnant means you're healed is yeah is just not the case for <laughs> for us anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right next question how do I stop hating my body oh I know first of all so sorry to hear that you're feeling that way very relatable though you're not Mm. alone Mm. so many of us so many people go through this I've gone through this and I've actually spent I mean last year I don't know if anyone remembers but one of my goals for the year was to start working on my self-love self-worth self 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 (laughs) and I did work on that and I'm really proud about how far I've come with that and I actually feel really comfortable in my body that's so good yeah it's great like I can't believe I'm even saying that Mm. like I didn't think I would say that but one of the things that I sort of really picked up on along the way is like to separate this idea that our body is our symptoms Mm. our symptoms are like messages from our body so if you've got facial hair or acne or you've got more weight on your body than you'd want or whatever it might be that's bothering you, that's just a message from your body. So I like really, really sort of personify my body and be like, hey, like I'm on the same team as my body. It's trying to talk to me and these symptoms are messages from my body and I just need to try and listen and help my body. So I think it's always like, sometimes we get caught in this trap of it's like us versus our body. Like if our body isn't, you know, maybe we aren't able to conceive a baby yet Mm. and we can be like really mad at our body for that. But for me, I'm like, no, my body wants to be pregnant too. My Mm. body, you know, my body doesn't want to be overweight either or whatever it might be. My body wants the same as me. That's why it's sending me these messages. That's why it's telling me something's up. We're on the same team. Yeah. And so even though, I love my body and I'm very comfortable with my body. I still would like to lose some weight. I still look in the mirror and there's things I would want to change, but I'm not mad about it and I don't hate my body for it. I'm just like, that's just something I'm working on and we're working on together. Kind of yeah. Thing. I think that's such a beautiful way of looking at it. And I, to be honest, have gone through that, like a similar way of looking at it. Actually, it's really funny because obviously like modeled for many years and I through that whole time like really just never accepted my body didn't like it always found faults with it was really self-conscious about it which is funny because you would think that it would be the opposite yeah and 
it wasn't actually until I had PCOS and I went through the hardest time of my life and my body looked, in my opinion, like how I felt the worst I'd ever been. You know, I just mm. d- didn't feel like myself. I I looked so in my eyes, awful, you know, I just, I didn't even recognize myself when I looked at myself, but that was the turning point for me to see my body in a different way, similar to you, Mel, like to be like, actually, this is my body telling me like how smart is my body that it's trying to tell me that something's not right. And this is how it's doing that to me. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. this is a gift that my body can do this for me so that I can now make the changes. And thank goodness this happened now rather than you know maybe it would have been too late you know down the track and I I wouldn't have had that time to get my body prepared to have a baby you know like there was just so many things that I had to be grateful for and my entire perception around my body changed and has and has changed to this day and I just to this day don't even look at my body in a looks way like it just doesn't even Mm. cross my mind anymore which is a completely different mindset to what I had say, you know, five, ten years ago. Just it's completely different. I only yeah. look at my body as like this miracle thing that does fucking amazing stuff now. Like it's Love wild. It. Like I just <laughs> it completely shifted my mindset. So mm. I think what you articulated is just so true. Like we have to look at our bodies at being like, how amazing are you that you are trying to tell me that mm. this isn't right and it's on the same page. It wants exactly what we want, which is to be healthy and vibrant and well and have everything running perfectly and it will get we will get to that point it's just trying to help us get there yeah and you're so right when you have that perspective you do feel gratitude to your body yeah and I think that's why it's such a powerful way to look at it because you go from hating your body like this person has said um, to feeling so much more gratitude for it. So 100%. that's been really helpful for me. And I will just also add that in the last year, I've done a lot of therapy, like mm. a lot, a lot, a lot, more than I've ever done in my life. Like I see, my, well, I go to, I do EMDR, which we've talked about in another, another episode. And I've gone to him every two weeks this year. Like that's a lot to me, yeah. <laughs> like every fortnight, like that's a lot. But what I've really discovered is how much of these negative thoughts towards my body uh, spawned from my childhood, mm. from childhood trauma, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm not saying that's at all play for the person who's asked this question but I would encourage you to consider it consider where are these thoughts coming from and when you have these thoughts what does that voice in your head sound like or who does it sound like does Mm. it sound like somebody else because I mean that's kind of what I found I found that there was really a birthplace for me to be thinking this way and so that was really important for me to discover um so yeah just consider whether that could be something that could be helpful for you as well. Definitely. Um, any kind of therapy. I'm not saying EMDR, but just any kind of hmm. anything that can help you to really uncover and look more deeply yeah. within. Is there yeah. something else that has to be addressed before you'll be able yeah. to accept other aspects of your life? Yeah, exactly. All right. I think we should leave it there. I think that – uh, 
yeah. <laughs> was that a heavy place to leave? Oh, no, no, I think that was a good place. We're leaving on a, on a like a wow. You know, it's yeah, a real okay. wow moment. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope that this was helpful. Please do join us in our Facebook group, the PCOS Girls Podcast Community. Follow us on Instagram. And if you're feeling it, please leave us a review. They make us smile so much. They help our ratings and um it's just always nice to message each other being like ah did you see this (laughs) (laughs) it's so true it really is um and yeah I didn't know as well this is just like how bad I am that when you subscribe or whatever it is what is it subscribe where you like click that you want to follow the person it tells you when the app has dropped and because we are being so sporadic at the moment with us dropping apps It'll actually tell you when we drop an app. So I find that helpful. Okay, Maybe that's, that's so just helpful. a me thing. I don't know. <laughs> How did we not know this? I, we're so like <laughs> novice podcasters. But um, but Three I always thought in. if you were subscribing, it was just purely to like benefit the, yeah, uh, the podcast person. But actually now it benefits me and hopefully benefit you guys because I know that we have not been consistently dropping. No. Like we used to drop it on the same day every week. Unfortunately, that isn't the case at the moment. Um, so it'll just, I think it just sends you, like for me, the one I'm subs- like when I'm subscribed or following um, on Spotify, it just tells me when new apps are released of whatever I'm following, which, hey, that's super helpful. Yeah, that is really helpful. That's very good to know. Thanks. No worries. Just All learning right. tips from me every day. So many great tips. All right. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>